Time. Hello, and welcome to Foundling Founds. I'm Julian Brown, and on today's show, we'll be talking to Dave Linton, who is the founder of Madlog, which stands for Make a Difference Luggage, which is a company that sells rucksacks, and for each rucksack they sell, they donate a bag to a child in care. We'll also talk to Dave about the inspiration and the ethos behind Madlog and how the business works and how he believes other businesses could give back to such causes in society. As well as how Madlog engages with their consumer to educate them around children in care and the troubles they face. Furthermore, we'll discuss how Dave thinks we can approach the stigmas surrounding those in care. So, thank you, Dave, for coming on. I just wondered if I could ask you, what are your ambitions with Madlog? So our whole heart is that, um, and we've actually become more focused on this, is that we're trying to build a consumer brand that competes with the big companies that is 100% for supporting and promoting and champion how incredible young people in the care system are. So we're trying to, so in one ways, we're doing it actively by dealing with one little area, showing a, a physical act of love in that, and empowering um, society to get involved in showing some compassion, but also um, we're using it as a vehicle. So we have huge, we have huge dreams. We have a, we have a Mad Love Foundation. We're very early stages. So we've set up a charity. Um, we're, we're a social enterprise, locked assets. So I don't own the business, but they we set a charity, Mad Love Foundation, and the plan for that and the dream for that is to eventually be, um, you know, billboards, TV ads. Um, not on support us three pounds a month, but basically just things that are going. Every child incurs incredible, you know, and start start champion one for young people and care to know that, and two for society to also connect with that. So that's our big dream in the sense of what we're trying to do. So to be the Nike of bags, but actually to where hundred percent exist for children in care. So that's our dream. You know what, like. <laughs> This is really crazy, but it just gave me that really warm feeling that you can see beyond you, you're honed in on, obviously at the moment, the bin bag and everything like that. But the fact it's a wider spectrum and that actually young people in care, they're indiv- individual. And I saw that in your video again, like they're individual. They, you know, they can, they're incredible young people who can achieve anything and I mean, one one quote that really stuck with me from your from your video on your website is, "No child should carry their life through a bin bag," and I was just like, "This is so true," you know. And the fact, like, you want to make it into a wider foundation, and it's it's a charity, and you just want to put out the message that young people are brilliant. I think for me, is like incredible. But I guess I would really like to know why. What what inspired? that initially yeah so for for me um i spent 22 years um as a as a youth worker but i think the story for me even goes back so i i I personally never grew up in the care system but at the age of five i lost my dad and my mom was on the edge so i was on the edge of care probably most of my my life because my mom struggled and um, you know, worked hard to just keep us out of the care system in many ways and through good support of neighbours and friends and other family members. That, so, so in one way, growing up, I know what it's like to have um, significant adults in my life that weren't blood relatives, but were, were people who became my aunts and uncles and, and, and did that. So I've always had a heart 
and a big passion to to do that for others. Um, and then um, that led me into youth work. And in my whole youth work career, I was 100%. I love all, every young person, but there was something just drawn to me to the underdog, the, the disadvantaged, the, those who, who, who needed a bit of support. I, 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 I love the troublemakers is what people would see as troublemakers. And I love sitting down at a PlayStation and, and getting alongside them and, and, and really building relationship and being um, alongside. Um, so that, that's kind of always been my kind of heart and my profession, as well as whenever I got married then, um, my wife was, was already doing um, short break foster care. So she had a, a young person um, as a single lady doing once a month coming and doing a, doing a little short break. And whenever we got married, we kind of, I kind of felt that that was what we should be doing or we both felt. So I went through a process, became registered as a foster carer. Um, we we did a um, had an eight year old came along who still comes and is still part of our family, and she's 20, 27. She's got three kids. She's a single mum, and we are a significant adult. And it was only through a respite once a month, so it wasn't even a permanent placement. But we just stuck. We had no other placements. That was our that, that foster placement, and then. My wife and I then adopted our, our oldest daughter um, at 18 months out of care system. So we are adoptive parents, previous um, foster carers and, um, and then youth work and just on that edge. So it was that kind of, it was always that DNA. And then with my, um, one of the things that I think really molded that was my mom struggled to really, you know, struggled with a lot of stuff and um, not, not that she was into but it's just, just poverty in general, you know, just trying to keep my sister and myself there and the significant people around. But my mum got a job really um, as, a, as an auxiliary nurse. And, um, you know, and that was kind of a little change point for her. But very quickly into that, she became a union rep for um, Unison. And, and like, whether I'm a big fan of unions and stuff, but the reality is that um, I, I witnessed um, my mum coming um, home with alcoholics who were on their fourth and fifth um, warning that she was fighting to keep and she'd become friends and come and look after them. And, and so my, my mom who passed away in the past year, but she modeled that. She modeled what it was to stand on phones and fight for the underdog and stand up and to support and to keep people in jobs. So that is just really the background of what makes me tick. Um, and then in my youth work career, I loved... Um, I, I always was uh, drawn also to organization and I loved business, but I was never hungry enough to make money. I knew that if I ran a cafe, I would give too much stuff away for free. And, um, and I knew that wouldn't work. And so that kind of kept me in that place of helping people. And, um, and so that's a little background of where I, I've got to, where I've got to, um, who I am. First off, I'd say it's just incredible. And it shows like just the determination, like you say, you, you've seen the reality of what life can show. And I think the one thing that, that really stands out for me is that you like to champion the underdog. And those in care can quite often be seen as the underdog in many ways in society, in education, in every way, shape or form in life, because they're often told they're not going to get where they want to get because they can't achieve and things like that. And I think... For me to hear that you really like to champion that is very important and 
it's great for young people to hear that there are adults out there and people out there that really want to champion young people who are in the care system and know that they can succeed. And the other thing for me is the fact that you've you've adopted one of your daughters from 18 months out of the care system and you fostered a, a young lady in a, in a placement that was short stay. And I wonder how number one, working with young people has been for you, but also fostering as well, because they're, they're, there's two ways, I guess, with the youth engagement and fostering. They're two completely different sides and you're dealing with a young person completely different and you're seeing the system from a different way. And I wonder how that was for you. Yeah, so from for me, it was always, in fact, when I started, when we went into fostering, I was a youth worker and uh, and we were kind of like really warned, should you go into fostering? There's high risk with this. It was like teachers, you know, um, and, and social workers going into fostering because what if there's an allegation? What if there's something doesn't work out? Your whole career's um, at risk and stuff. And and I think because the nature of the fostering placement we, we had was the short stay, it was we were consistent. So we, we as a family were really committed that this wasn't uh, once a month and it was for as long as it needed to be. And and is, this is for the long term, right into adulthood. So for us, that was the, the commitment. Um, the short stay part meant that we necessarily weren't really parent rules in that, in that we had the fun. We just did lots of go to cinema, do the fun stuff. And it, it, so we took a very youth work approach. And then my, my wife probably took a, a more of a, a mentoring role in many ways, a, an ear at, and listened as much as was wanted to be said and, and helped. Um, but I was just the, the present guy around and, um, you know, and let's, let's go and we're going to this fun park today or we're going to this and 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 it was just that consistent and now what we have is we have somebody who we feel is part of our family that you know we're we, we have a, a sofa bed in our front living room we have a very small house because we downsized to to be able to um, invest in the building madlog and um you know we were talking about do we really need the sofa bed and the an answer was yes because you know the the placement we have the young girl is is um you know there's still space here that she wants to stay over or her kids want to come and as they get older they're, they're more and so we we do that kind of ongoing support so it's more of a role now as if we're part of family but at the time it was probably more a youth work role in the foster placement you know i just think that's really beautiful the way that that relationship has developed and it's a positive story again you know sometimes you can hear a lot of negatives about placements in young people but the fact that you had a beautiful short stay placement that has worked out for years and the fact that she can come home and feel like she's part of the family and I guess that's kind of an auntie uncle kind of feeling in a way that she, she kind of comes to you as an auntie and uncle and that's really great I guess for me now the way that you obviously say that kind of inspires you for mad luck and gives you that drive and passion for mad luck itself i wonder like how how many bags have you donated to young people in care through firstly obviously people coming through the business and how has the consumer kind of welcome been to your ethos behind the business yeah so um it, we've been operating for um we're just coming into six years now and we will have actual bags we have sent out is is um, nearly 30,000 bags um, across the whole of the UK and by the, the end of this year we'll be nearly 40 um, so we've, we've, we've a further 18,000 bags currently on order of the giving bags coming in and, and they will be distributed right across the whole of the UK and a big part of that was that um, 
IKEA came to us in the summer of last year and said, we, we, we want to change tack a little bit in our um, end of year gift to our co-workers is we normally give an end of year gift and it's, it's something like a, a, a Google Home or something of that nature, but we want to do a social gift. And um, one of our charity partners is um, Bernardo's and they, um, and we have a real um, kind of commitment to helping care leavers. And we were wondering, could you supply 12,000 bags? So, so we, we ended up being able to do it and, um, and they, that went out at Christmas. So as a result of that, there was nearly 13,000 bags financially purchased and each staff member across the whole UK and Ireland actually own a Madlug bag now. That is just incredible. The story, I mean... the story went out. They, they spent a lot of money on a professionally made animation telling the story of children in care to every, and it landed on the day they got the gift on a little, um, on a animation on their phone or at work at home. And, um, and as, as a result of that, I've, I've, I'm now in the third, just about to do the third Ikea store where I'm talking to senior managers and doing kind of talks and presenting the Madlug story to them. So um, that, that, has, that has helped. So we'll be, by the end of the year, we'll be nearly 40, if not more, 40,000 plus bags into the care system. I mean, I just want to say that's incredible, firstly. And the fact that, I guess IKEA coming to you and asking for the order of nearly 12,000, 13,000 bags at Christmas and then being able to go into stores and communicate, like you say, with the staff, you're in your third store, communicate with them and things. That's reaching out to a different, you know, you're being able to kind of work together with businesses in a way and co-work and share that message. And like you say, the fact that they created a short animation video about the story of care and sent it out. I mean, for you, that must be really like, it, it must just be one of those feelings of, wow, this is great because I'm being able to achieve sharing what the care system is like for a young person. Uh, absolutely. So that gives you a PR of that onto the, you know, so we, you know, we had the Irish times do a piece on that. Um, but that was huge um, in the sense of it's given us even that we, we hired our care, first care, care experienced young person on our staff team this year. Um, so we're, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to build a, um, it right into and um, that, yeah, that's, that's where we are as a, as a business. We increased our staff and one of those was a care experienced young person. So, I mean, just going off the fact that you've hired a care experienced young person, do you see yourself doing more of that in the future and trying to look for care experienced young people? Because I guess another thing is that I've come across is sometimes in employment settings, sometimes employers can be reluctant to hire care leavers and care experienced young people just because of the general reputation and stigma. So is that something you wish to incorporate alongside Madlog and employ more care experienced young people? Absolutely. So one of, one of the things that we are, as a result of the growth of Madlog, we set up the Madlog Foundation to be the giving arm of the bags so that we can, because we, we don't take funding. Our kind of thing has been, we don't want to slice the funding pie smaller and take it away from great charities who are set up to need the funding because we would then fix the bin bag problem and, and create another problem down the line. So we want to encourage, we want to play, we want to self-fund this through the selling of bags. And as a, as a result of that, we, the grow, we've got to be really commercial. So as we grow, we're, we're having to be more commercial and we thought let's get the Madlog Foundation up 
So one is the the primary arm is to give the bags through. So we 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 focus that. It's a different skill set needed to get those to the to the young people. Um, the second one is that um, that promotion piece where we we dream of whole sides of buses in every city and the Madlog being the, the brand that communicates to young people that we care. We're empowering customers not just to give a bag, but as they wear it, to be saying like, we see you, we know you, we believe in you, we love you, we care for you, that kind of thing by carrying. So that promotion piece comes through the Madlog Foundation. And then the last piece of the Madlog Foundation is the that we're we're wanting to grow uh empowerment arm. And um and I want to I want it to be somewhere where um, we we fundraise salaries, proper wages for young people to do testers um, and taste what it is to do jobs. So nearly even before apprenticeship, just to get those things that are like, what's it like just to work? What's it like to just earn money? What's it like to um, to to try something out? And and because you know if you're going to commit yourself to an apprenticeship or to a course or or to a career. You've got to have some um, some opportunities to try, and so we're rather than creating a, a business that is about uh, manufacturing, because that's a that's a kind of a a job that there's no transition. It's not transferable skill. So people, we would have to create all the employment. Our our dream is to create Madlog and look at what is the transferable skills that we can offer, likes of marketing and e-commerce, accountancy all these kind of things and can we go use that to, to give a taste of what those careers are and then to help them into and i particularly i really want to look at the the entrepreneurial space with care experiential people and also the uneducated because um i told you a bit about my past but one of the things that is that i didn't do well at school i feel like i got on graded gcse business studies and um and you know in 2019 got um, entrepreneur of the year for Northern Ireland and I was in a final against one of the dragons in London um, of one of the top six and won the entrepreneur for good award and I have no you know no university no um, background in that um, but it's because I'm dyslexic so what I want to do is is really go for the the kind of the young person that, that doesn't even have a GCSE and kind of say like let's let's present hope Let's give opportunity. So we're a good bit off that. Um, and it might be that we collaborate with other companies to do that rather than just ourselves and, and created a bit of a, a mad love branded kind of collaboration thing. So we're, we're just trying to work that out, what that looks like and how we manage that, how we fund that. Um, but uh, there's a couple of creative ways that we're thinking of that at this stage. I think the way you talk about like you say the entrepreneurial side and giving young people that opportunity is incredible again because i can relate to that so much in the fact that i've left school with one d and maths and nothing else i have nothing else at all so to be able to do this podcast for example through voices through times is a massive opportunity for me because i unfortunately or unfortunately have the talent of the gift of the gab but that's my only major skill in the sense of what I could really put into things and to be able to use that in the podcast and things like that for me has been huge but you don't come across those opportunities every day and care experienced young people tend to not have the opportunities that most young people do whether it's through funding of the system or just a lack of opportunity so your vision for the 
Madlog Foundation is incredible. And that'll be just, I, I guess, watch this space. And the fact- watch, watch this space totally. You know, we're, yeah. we're, in, that, we're in that kind of place. But um, you know, Julian, you're a pure example of, you know, you know, one of the things is you can have all the education in the world and not the ability to communicate. And if you can communicate, that's amazing, amazing. And, you know, so keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, I, I also just wanted to ask, I guess a lot of the thing is breaking down the stigma around those in care as well. And you've already touched on how you'd love to see campaigns and get that positive message out there about children in care. I guess, how would you like to see society change its view on those in care and the stigma around that in general? Basically, stigma comes out of a lack of um, knowledge and understanding. And um, there's a it's and perception, and you know so comes through a number of a number of people. So you know in the past, probably generations ago, you know um, children's homes where residential centres were used to threaten kids if they were being bad, we'll drop you off there. So that goes into adulthood, and then draws a perception on the the type of young people that are there. And, um, and I think that, and, and then there's genuine, you know, my, my experience in Madlog is that people don't know a lot about the care space. It's, it's actually an unseen, um, it's an unseen area. So we, we talk about, it would be very easy um, from a commercial perspective for Madlog to go into homelessness because, you know, there's lots of care experience in the homeless space and you just have to walk out and see a issue of homelessness on the streets. And that's a, wee, that's a small part of homelessness. It's still, it gives people an idea. But with um, children in care, there's a, there's a lack of understanding and knowledge in society, either one through Tracy Baker or one through, and that, that grows. And, and even to the point where we're at is that the only perception some of our staff have is the Madlog understanding of kids in care. So there's, a, there's an element of lack. So... Uh, I feel that, that there's a responsibility not to tell young people's stories because that's their story to tell. And I'm passionate about that. And, I'm, and, and we are committed as a, as a brand to not put young people's faces and, and you know, we're, we're not going to use stories to sell bags. We're never going to do that. So when it comes to even our Instagrams or socials, we, we don't do that. You know, we don't give a young person saying, here's Johnny who's received the bag. Um, we keep just telling the story off. Our story on it is that we come across the bin bag story. It broke our heart and this is wrong. And let's introduce the amazing young people through us having this, this vehicle to then tell their stories. And, and that's, that's the, the kind, of, kind of place. I personally believe this is that, and I think my, my heart is that things will only change whenever we start not just using um, words of value, but actually truly value. And that's when we use the value worth dignity piece is that we, we um, as humans, what we do is we, we, we do what we value and what we value is what we do. And so, you know, if we're gonna give some, a young person a bin bag or even today's bin bag is the new plastic shopping bag and no child should carry their life in a plastic shopping bag. It's temporary, it rips. It's it's of no no more value than a bin bag. It has the same same stuff. It you know it, it, that's equally we call that the new bin bag, and we're equally as strong about that. But um, you know the 
if we truly value young people, then we would never do that. If we truly valued young people, we would make sure that the placements that we're putting them into are actually the right placements. If, if we really value young people, we make sure that it's regulated accommodation at 16, 17. If we really valued, we would make sure that refuse would be done right. If we really valued, but for me, what I think is that the issue here is we don't know enough information and then the value isn't there and it's just a language. So we wanted Madlog to change this, that we, we raise awareness that actually the fact that every young person breathes, they have huge value, worth, dignity. The fact that every young person in the care system breathes, they have the same value, worth, dignity. And in fact, it's, it's never their fault. It's, 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 the, it's adults have let them down. So let's not as adults start to make them be the, the, the receiver of the fault and the blame. And let's understand the trauma in that to be able to, to stand and journey along and understand that the behaviors that we see often is actually trauma driven rather than, and, and I start to think if we could create that, and that's my dream as a thought leader in the space, as a leader of a business, as a, is actually, I, I, don't, I will never be the most educated um, person in the care system, but what I will be is I will do whatever I can to promote just the young person in the care system. So I don't get around the table and try and fix care systems. What I say is if we can just get you to value these young people, your actions are going to be different overnight. You know, the, the real overall message I take from that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you don't completely detach the child from the care system, but you see the young person as if you'd see any other young person and to see them as if they've got the same chances in life the same determination the same the same characters the same way of going in life except a lot of people would see the care system and you've just gone don't see them like that just see them as incredible young people that have somewhere to go and they just need people to believe in them as if you'd believe in any other young person and i think that is such a powerful message just for anybody to listen to that actually only because there's a label or a system placed on a young person or anybody in life it doesn't change who they are it doesn't change their abilities it doesn't change who they are or what they feel or any of that it still make they're just still human and the fact is we should see everybody as individuals i guess as well and that we can all achieve anything and that's like I say that's such an important message and I'm so glad that there's like you say you've got no you haven't got care experience yourself necessarily you've got life experience you've fostered and you've adopted but you just want to share that message that children in care are incredible and I think that's powerful enough in itself you don't have to have care experience but you can share that positive message that don't see them as if they're from care, see them as a young person. And I guess, as you're saying, if more adults and young people could see that, then it would change a lot of stigmas in society, I guess, in any way, shape or form. Totally. It's the word, it's the word empathy, really, in the sense of, I, I have no care experience, but what I do have is I know what it is to have loss. Um, you know, I, I have no care experience, but what I know what it is to... Um, to have society failure in the sense of I didn't achieve in school. Um, you know, I have all of those things that, that, that so it's, it's about understanding the drive-in is that actually we're all human and we all have those. 
um, those things going on. And so um, I can empathize with, with somebody in losing that connection with their family in a care system because I've lost a family member. And so you, you start to draw those things. And then it's about, um, you know, the potential is that when is, is then using your story to be the, it's like glass half full, glass half, half empty. You know, what's then starting to see is if I take a victim mindset on that, I'm not going to achieve anything. But if I've had people around me who have said, Dave, we believe in you, we've given you opportunities, have given me job opportunities, they've, they've given me leadership opportunities when I was not really ready for those and have, you know, been allowed to make mistakes and stuff, it's actually, um, that's the stuff that actually grates who I am today. And, and I'm doing that and drives. And, and, I, and that's why I believe that, you know, if, if we value young people, they will become the best employees, not just average employees. They'll become the best employees. Why? Because if we can connect them and understand them and let them see what it is to use their story, but also support them in that trauma piece to understand that actually, um, you know, it might be too much to go from nothing to a full-time 40-hour week. You know, but that's 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 not a, just a this makes sense. It's out of an empathy, of an understanding. Let's let's go on a journey. So I I'm I'm really passionate about trying to connect, but also see that using our own stories um, to to create the next part, and it helps us see the story. You know, um, my my wife was at the same training night for the foster, and so we we came across Madlog in the in that we um, I was working as a youth worker. We were were asked to move into a different location the youth work um, organization had provided a house for us it was bigger than we could afford and we thought well you know now's the time to re-engage in foster and, and what happened was we had a break of about two years in in that we were you know officially foster carers we had moved into a new area we had to go back to the start it was one of those things my wife at that time was leading the work of adoption uk and northern ireland and doing the training and stuff but we were put back to this very start with you know the uh, people who had no experience with fostering, and we were sitting at four weeks of this, and it was boring to be honest. It was it was you know we'd done it a number of times with adoption and fostering, and it was just ticking the box. And week four, they showed a video of a young girl, and she said, "When we move, the trusts, our local authorities don't give us suitcases. Sometimes foster carers loan us suitcases, but quite often our belongings are moved in black bin bags." We were then I thought, "I'm going to do something about that." I have to be honest though, my wife had a slightly different background than me. She didn't hear that part in that whole evening. So that was like a landing for me. And it was like a call for me to do something about it. And, and I responded and I've done something about it. And, um, you know, because it was part of my story, the underdog, the need to do, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix that. You know, if I just want to say on behalf of many care experience people that will probably, you know, come across mad lug and stuff. It is incredible. And it's a thank you, I guess, as well, because for me, before Suffolk brought in Ban the Big Bag, I moved with black bags from my first placement into a care home from there to somewhere else. And things got smashed. I remember my nan's Karis wheel and I've got it and that got cracked on the top and everything. And that's like 50 years old. But to the people that moved me, that meant nothing. But to me, that's the most sentimental thing I've got. You know, but it, it is that thing. And then when Suffolk, for example, brought in Ban the Bib Bag, you know, that was a way of, you know, luggage and things. But many local authorities 
don't use that practice. They use bin bags and things like that because it's an easy way. It's just cheap. It's disposable. It is all those things that we've said in this conversation today. And I think Madlug sets an example to other companies and uh, and things like that, that actually young people aren't disposable. Their stuff, it's not worthless. Their life has meaning, it has value and all these things. And it's incredible. And I really thank you for the meeting today as well, because that's just, I've learned so much and it's mind blowing. And the fact of what mad lug aspirations are and everything else to me as a care leaver myself just sets precedent that actually there are people out there that care about us. There are people that want to share a positive message about those in care and that there are people that just don't see us as the care system or the superhero or the villain or the bad kid or the good kid or someone who's done something incredible or someone who hasn't done anything. They see us just as kids and young people who want to achieve. And I think for all care leavers, that's a powerful message and care experienced young people. And also those that have been in care years ago that still feel like they have to hide their story at times because there are people that are ashamed that the fact that they're at ring care, you know, and there's been times where I know I felt like that with certain people. And that's important. And I just wonder if you were to say anything to care leavers in any way, shape or form or care experienced young people, if you could say something to them, what would you say? That you have huge value, huge worth, and you deserve to be treated with dignity. And I, we will do everything that we can to ensure that that gets promoted and that you get treated that way. And suppose if I want to just finish with um whenever i said this i was simply just let's fix a you know let's get how do we get new bags to young people and that's a big part of what we do but on the bags it says you're incredible value worth dignity and um and i remember um speaking to a, we were at a youth festival about probably two and a half years ago now and it was a youth worker came along and was buying a bag and and, and he said Oh, we have a care experienced young person as part of our group. And um, I said, well, do you know what? We, we give a bag as it'll fold away. There's no brand on it, there's no stigma. That's what we try to do. But in this youth event, there was over 300 young people that were carrying mad lugs out of the 1,500 that were at the event. Every group you saw the Nike and the Kankin and the other brands, but you saw a mad lug, at least one in every group. And um, and so I said, to this youth worker says, if you send a young person down to our stand and he can choose a backpack and he just has to choose his color and he doesn't even have to introduce himself to me. If he just chooses the color, goes back and lets you know the color, because I know I'm a, as a youth worker is I don't want to, to get a feel good factor of hearing a story or just a, you know, I'll give you a bag because it makes me feel good. It's, I just want the young person to have. So the last day we were at this, we were, we were kind of selling. The youth worker arrives down with this, this 17 and a half year old guy and says, um, this is Jay. And introduced me and, um, and I said, Jay, what um, bag would you like? What color? And he says, um, I'm colorblind. And I said, well, what football team do you support? And he chose a red bag. And I, so I, I got a red bag for him. And I says, Jay, tell me your story. And he says, I'm 17 and a half years. I'm in, um, I've been in care for 10 years. And he says, in that 10 years, I moved 15 times in a two-week period with my belongings and bin bags because I was involved in some drugs and breakdowns and in 
specialist um, foster placements. And, um, and he just says, what you're doing is amazing. What you're doing is amazing. And I, I, I just kept hearing this and I, I looked outside the tent where I was selling the bags from and I could see all these young people. And I remember as tears come down my eyes, it was that moment of, you know, when you, when you give your life to something because you believe in it, and you see and see traction. There was this kind of emotion coming down, and I turned around him and I had to actually apologize and say, "Give me a moment." And whenever I, whenever I said to him, I says, "Jay, what's really amazing is that there's over 300 young people who have chosen Madlog backpacks over other brands. Why? Because every one of them believes that you are incredible, that you have huge value, worth, and dignity." And he says, "Um." So he, he went away, thanked me, went away, came back with a girl at, at the end of the evening. We were packing away and he was quite tall and she, this girl was half his size. And in all the 22 years of being a youth worker, I've never seen a young person smile. It was totally obvious that he had told his, one of his friends that, 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 that what had happened. I still don't even know her name. And as a result of it, um, you know, he says, I just came back to say thank you. He gave me this hug. 17 and a half year old guy giving me this hug and he says, thank you. Well, that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is two days after that event, he contacts uh, Facebook and he says, I've been um, given a lot of thought. I'm going to be 18 soon and I'm going to give all the money that I get for my 18th birthday to the work of Madlow so that other young people can experience what I experienced. Something changed. And this is for every single young person in care. Something changed. It moved the company of Madlug from a place of giving a bag to a child or a young person to actually creating a movement where every time you see a Madlug bag being worn and we want to see more of them and we will do everything to get more of them being worn, is that person is saying, we see you, we love you, we care for you. And we're actually paying to care because the perception is that professionals get paid, foster cares get allowances, everything is paid. Society believe in young people. And there, we have over 20,000, 20,000 and, and Ikeas. And it's not because they just want to buy a nice bag. It's because they're saying that it's not just mad luck, it's the movement of people. That society actually believe more in young people and care than actually young people and care know. And that's what we're finding. And so, guys, we're, big, we're your biggest fans as a, as a company, as a movement, and, and we will do whatever. And we have said no to amazing opportunities in the prison services, in the homeless space. Why? Because we are so focused on saying the unseen and the unknown and the young people who often feel lost, we're actually going to say we see you and we're going to change that. The politicians will not be able to stand against society in this. And that is what we're about. Um, Dave, that's just that's just a really powerful message for anyone out there to listen to, I think, and all care experienced young people. And Dave, I'd like to thank you for coming on, having this conversa conversation with us from Mad Lug, which is Make a Difference Luggage, um, on social medias and um, website online, so please people go have a look. And... Um, yeah, thank you. It's really appreciated. It's great. Thanks for having us. Love sharing story. And um, guys, just keep going. After me and Dave finished recording, Dave had this to say about local authorities. 
is that actually everybody has what Suffolk has in the sense of good practice, documentation mm -hmm. and policy on banned bin bags. The challenge on it is, is in the UK, um, is that we're very policy driven. And when the policy is done, we're not always great at coming up with a solution of how to actually make it work. And, um, and so there's lots of really, you know, when we, when we talk to social workers, we, social workers at the front line breaks their hearts when they're having to use bin bags or when they're picking a, a young person up that has a young, uh, readier stuff in a bin bag, it breaks their heart. Um, and so we know that. And when we talk to the senior directors, assistant directors, and those who are responsible for corporate parenting, they, they assumed that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that this stuff had been dealt with. Yeah. And um, so our, our simple strategy is if we're saying we value young people, we value every person. So we don't go into any situation with big sticks. We literally say, look, we can, we can empower you to deliver on your policies and good practice. And that's what we love to do with local authorities is actually to um, say, look, if we can provide those bags, one is there's a powerful message to young people. Two is use your budget then in the other areas that need and um and and two is that we can we can simply and, and a little bag it didn't talk it was co-designed by young people in care so it wasn't just like a little idea it was actually um a group that says space was the issue if you have a social worker arriving in a car <clears throat> you know a full bag of um a full bit of bags gets dirty gets grubby mm -hmm. and gets taken out to put something else in and forgotten so the little packaway bag was simply a, res, a response to that of here, here is a, um, one of the bags opened up can hold 20 bags folded up. So help one child or help 20 children with this, the size of a gym bag in the back of your car. So that starts to even, it's not just a nice idea. It's about let's be practical and making this actually get to the young. And, um, and that's kind of why, why we'll come up with it. Well, firstly, thank you very much to Dave Linton, founder of Madlog, Make a Difference Luggage, for coming on today's show and talking to us about how his early life experiences inspired him in his work as a youth worker, foster carer, and the work he hopes to achieve through founding Madlog, as well as how Dave hopes to see the conversation around the stigma of those in care approached. You can find Madlog at www.madlog.com or wearemadlog on Instagram. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank Coram's Voices Through Times project, the National Lottery Heritage Fund and Rebecca Jones for help making this show and supporting it. On our next show, we'll be joined by another of Coram's Voices Through Times ambassadors, Robin, to talk about their experiences of the care system and some of the policies they would like to see change and how they would like to see the conversation around the stigma of those in care approached.